Welcome to the Search the Scriptures podcast, where we dive into scripture and provide the explanation of it in the most accurate light that we can. Search the Scriptures is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the Christian, challenging our brothers and sisters along with ourselves to see if we have set aside the commands of God to set up our own traditions. To do this, we use scripture to explain scripture. Please join us on this journey. So Genesis chapter 40, uh, we're going to jump right into it. Let's go, Mary Berry. So Genesis chapter 40, verses 1 through 4 says, After this, the Egyptian king's cupbearer and baker offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned Joseph to them, and he became their personal attendant, and they were in custody for some time. So now uh, we have a small glimpse of the plan of God in motion. So uh, we have, so up until this point, we find out that uh, Joseph was sold to to, uh, the Ishmaelites and then sold to Potiphar, offended Potiphar, it wasn't his fault. Uh, and Potiphar had him thrown into uh, into prison uh, through no fault of his own. And so now he's in prison. And, and with these other two guys that actually for real offended the Pharaoh. And so he's in there with them. And they've been uh, and they're in here for a while. It's not just a little bit, but for a while. Questions or comments on this so far? All right. So again, as I, as I was saying, we see a little glimpse of this the plan of God uh, coming into play now. And so uh, let's go to that next one, Mary Berry. Welcome, Alberto and Vanity. Hello. So Isaiah chapter fifty-five Hello. verses eight through nine. Hello. Says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways." This is the Lord's declaration: For as heaven is higher than earth. So my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So this plan of God is taking place and he goes from uh, he, he takes Joseph, this young man who uh, who really wasn't that we know of wasn't doing anything wrong, takes him. He gets sold by his brothers to go down to Egypt for the purpose of the of the Israelites to be enslaved for 400 years. And so this is the plan he has in motion. Part of this plan is Joseph being sold into slavery and him staying in prison for a long time. And this is all a part of his plan. And this is uh, I bring this this verse up where it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways, because none of us would do it this way. If, if any of us were in the place of God, none of us would do any person whom we say that we care about this particular way. Questions or comments on this so far? Yeah, I'm just jumping in, but uh, you don't know how I would do things. I might do things just like God. I just wanted to put that out there. Well, I just know. I know you enough to know you wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Welcome back to the States. Yeah. Oh, I'm here. All right. So uh, anybody else got any questions, comments on this so far? 
All right, let's go to the next one, Mary Berry. Genesis chapter 40, verses 5 through 8 says, The Egyptian king's cupbearer and baker, who were confined in the prison, each had a dream. Both had a dream on the same night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were that they looked distraught. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We had dreams, they said to him, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So these servants, uh, they're sad because they both had similar dreams on the same night. Uh, we'll look into what these dreams are here in a second, but they had they had uh, kind of similar dreams on the same night. There was nobody to interpret them, at least in prison, to interpret them for them. Now, I want you guys to understand that, and we'll see in the next uh, uh, the next chapter, so next week, God willing, that uh, Egypt has its fair share of magicians and wise men. So they got plenty of people that would claim to, to be able to interpret dreams, but they're saying there's no one here to do it, and Joseph rightly tells them that, the, the interpretations actually belong to God, not to these to these magicians. Questions or comments on this so far? All right, Mary Berry to that next one. So Genesis chapter 40, verses 9 through 15 says, So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph. In my dream, there was a vine in front of me. On the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms came its blossoms came out and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is this is its interpretation, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. You will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand the way you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well for you, remember that I was with you. Please show kindness to me by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I have done nothing that they should put me in the, dun in the dungeon. So Genesis 49 through 15, uh, this cupbearer tells him about his dream. Joseph gives a favorable interpretation of the dream. Say, hey, this is a good thing. Within three days, you're going to be restored to your position, and so uh, this is this is a good thing. And then not only that, uh, Joseph may have actually seen like this may actually be a way for me to get out of prison in just a matter of days. Questions or comments on this so far? I just find the interpretation like so awesome. Who would even think like you know what I mean? The three days, the three branches. It's just like wild to me i agree and as i was reading this it just seems so wild uh this this dream and the next dream that we're gonna that we're gonna hear i mean and that's just how our dreams are like our dreams can be weird you know i've shared this with y'all before like sometimes i have a dream that i that i can i can jump long distance or just fly and my mind doesn't even question it like in my dream I'm like okay this is cool i guess i'm supposed to be doing this i just start flying and, uh, and so you can see that this is something similar is happening here is that this thing, uh, this vine is uh, has three branches and they're budding and blossoming just so quickly and becoming ripened grapes. And at least within the dream, he's not questioning it. 
then once he wakes up of course he's like man that was a strange dream but yeah but uh, and then the interpretation of it like i would have never thought of all these things that that's what that means but we also got to be careful too because there's people who will say you know that they that they can interpret dreams not to say that there are people who can't but uh some people will definitely grasp onto that and, and try to interpret dreams and the truth is if they don't come to pass and they were absolutely wrong they didn't get that answer from god what you got ben i also like how the, um it doesn't say what they were um in prison for other than that pharaoh was angry with them and here in just a minute uh, like they're already in prison so how could he get more angry with them even further you know but to the point where he forgives his cupbearer and he's going to kill the other one that's just like what else did that other one do to deserve death and why would pharaoh ever trust this cupbearer again even, even if he just pardoned him you you would think he would just send him on his way but no he's going to put him back into this very important service i agree and thank you for spoiling and ruining what's about to come up <laughs> well, you know. but, but you're right though i mean uh we're, we're not told what they what they did it could be something to, in our minds it could be something just super trivial i mean that is the king i mean he can do what he wants or it, it may be something like for real detrimental that can that can be straight to uh to that can be justifiable of death at the end of the day i mean we're not told that apparently that's not an important part of this of this story we're just told that they that they somehow offended him they got him upset and they offended him i agree maybe let's go to that next one so genesis chapter 40 verses 16 through 19 tells us when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was positive he said to joseph i also had a dream three baskets of white bread were on my head in the top basket were all sorts of baked goods for pharaoh but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head this is its interpretation joseph replied the three baskets are three days in just three days pharaoh will lift up your head from off of you and hang you on a tree then the birds will eat the flesh from your body so yeah he's inspired by this favorable interpretation uh that the baker got and uh I find it interesting that Joseph didn't sugarcoat this. Uh, he gave him the interpretation, did not sugarcoat it, not one bit. I also find it interesting that he didn't mention anything about, hey, when you see Pharaoh mention my name to him, <laughs> not not to this guy, right? <laughs> so, but he didn't, but he he gave him that interpretation. He did he did not sugarcoat it at all. Questions or comments on this so far? All right, so we're going to take a look at a scripture uh, that I think kind of goes along with this. Let's go to the next uh, slide, Mary. So Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14 says, They have treated my people's brokenness superficially, superficially, claiming peace, peace when there is no peace. So in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14, the Lord is speaking about uh, the priest and they were not um these priests and these prophets or i guess false prophets they were not sufficiently warning the people instead they were saying nothing bad is going to happen you have peace coming your way 
the very the the, the very we talked about this before the very uh, uh, prophecies that we're given today. When someone says, you know, 2023 is going to be your year. The Lord is going to grant you favor. He's going to do all these great things for you. Uh, uh, the brokenness is gone. All this stuff is gone. And, all, you know, all that stuff. Uh, the, the, though that may be true for certain people, I find it interesting that most of the time in the Bible when prophecy took place, they were warnings. And, and so uh, this is how the Lord feels about it. He says that you are treating my people's brokenness. They're broken and you're treating them superficially, claiming to them that there's peace and there is no peace. There is no peace between the Lord and them. Questions or comments on this so far? All right, maybe the next one. So Genesis chapter 40, verse verses 20 through 23 says, on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he gave a feast for all his servants. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. Pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer to his position as cupbearer, and he placed a cup in Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had explained to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. So, uh... I think I, I feel like Joseph may have thought that that really surely he was just days away from getting released from this prison. He has been there for a while at this point. And that yet yeah, in just in just a moment now, I'm about to get out because of this. And uh it didn't happen. He was to be released, and that is surely God's plan. But even though it's his plan, his the timing also belongs to God. Questions or comments on this so far? We'll look at the timing belonging to God. Let's go to the next one, Mary Berry. So Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 through 11 says, For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. This part that I highlighted here, I highlighted because this is the reason why scripture can't be broken because he said it. He said that whatever he says, it will happen. It will, it will happen. It will succeed. Questions or comments on this so far? All right, I'm making it easy. So I also want to say that Though God has a plan to do as he pleases, he apparently has numerous options to complete the plan. Let's go to the next one, Mary Berry. So 1 Kings chapter 22, verses 19 through 22 says, Then Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and the whole heavenly host was standing by him at his right hand, and at his left hand. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab to march up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one was saying this, and another was saying that. Then a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord, and said, I will entice him. The Lord asked, The Lord asked him, How? He said, I will go and become a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Then he said, You will certainly entice him and prevail go and do that 
So I do find that interesting on this one that uh this uh that he is having a council with in heaven with these angels with these spirits figuring out a good way to get this particular king to go to war so that he can be killed and he was taking he was taking down uh suggestions and one particular one came forward and said that the idea he had was to become a lying spirit the lord said it's a good idea and it will it will work questions or comments on this so far just showing the different options so that we shouldn't be fooled to think that the Lord is boxed in in the way that he must do things. So another thing I want to, another point I want to make, and I'm going to bring this home. I got three more scriptures I'm going to bring up. Uh, so as Ben had alluded to earlier, Pharaoh, we're not, we're not told why these two were thrown into, uh, into prison right we we don't know we don't know what they did but so far maybe somebody was thinking it but nobody said it no one said man that's messed up that he he didn't you know he let the cupbearer go but the other one you know he killed not not one person has said anything yet and not any person within this story has said that was wrong for pharaoh to do this i've never heard it said in the teaching on this matter that anyone was upset with Pharaoh for choosing one over the other, though they both offended him. So yeah, so no, no one said anything. No, no one batted an eye at Pharaoh having the ability and the right to do this, to choose to do this person. However, uh, we struggle with God's sovereignty and doing the exact same thing. God does the exact same thing. And when it's brought to our attention within scripture, we have an issue with it. We'll take a look at a couple of scriptures with that. Next one, Mary Berry. So Romans chapter nine, verses 21 through 24 says, or has the potter no right over the clay to make from the same lump one piece of pottery for honor and another for dishonor. And what if God desiring to display his wrath and to make his power known endured with much patience objects of wrath ready for destruction and what if he did this to make known the riches of his glory on objects of mercy that he prepared beforehand for glory on us the ones he he also called not only from the jews but also from the gentiles so in romans the the uh the argument is being made that uh the person who 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 is, who is the creator has the right over the creation and can do whatever he wants to if he if he creates some for uh for honor then that's up to him if he if he created another for destruction then that's on him and no one can say anything about it because he is the creator questions or comments on this so far can you hear me now i can hear you now i want to go back to the last slide. Well, we don't have to go back. I just want to talk about it. this is God working with a man to set someone up. Um, oh, yeah. So the one we're talking about with the uh yes, he's not he's not working with a man to set someone up, he's working with a uh spirit. Oh, and God yes. does this stuff. Yes, th that we're giving this example right here. Because I, I so the cool thing is he did mm -hmm. this. He said, this is what I'm going to do. And then he sent somebody to tell him, hey, 
God is going to do this to you. So he he actually got the warning from God himself, uh, but he still wouldn't pay attention to it. Well, this is weird. Um, I've been in this situation before. I didn't think it was God. I could have swore it was the devil setting me up. Well, I would tell you this. Um, sometimes things are because of the devil. Some Sometimes things are because of our own flesh. And sometimes things are from God himself. And uh, and this this what I have found from reading the scripture that not everything is of the devil. Uh, that you can go. So, for instance, what happened with Job? Job got he he, uh, he lost his children, he lost his family, he lost his his he lost everything, and then was filled with sickness. And uh, his friends tried to tell him, you know, God wouldn't do this to you. He would not do this without cause. And uh, and then when God showed up, that's basically what he said. Yes, I did just that. I did that to this person. Mm, mm, and uh, and and that's his right. He can do that. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody can say otherwise. The one friend. There's a fourth guy that was there. We don't really know who this person was. He's given. We're given a name, but he's a young guy. But he correctly said, "Job, you seem like you prefer wickedness as opposed to uh to uh, what's the word he used uh." Oh my goodness, what's the word? Uh, uh, affliction. So you were afflicted by the Lord, but you seem like you prefer to do wicked things. And so, uh, but this is the Lord. This is the, this is what He ch chose to do. This is how He chose to do things. This is why when we went over that scripture at the very beginning, where uh, it said, uh, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways." This is exactly what I mean by this, G White, because yeah. none of us would, would would think that God would do these things. Not like that. Right. And so it just it's just it's proof. It's proof to say, yeah, you're right. He doesn't think like we think and he doesn't do things the way we would do them. Even though it's hard to accept. And I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. What you got, Ben? So um the prophet Ezekiel, I believe it was, God came to him and told him, you know, lay on your one side for this many days. Um correlating to this many years i'm gonna put um israel into punishment and then lay on your other side for this many days for this many years for judah and then he says um and when you get up and make your food you need to cook it over human dung and he said far be it from me lord uh i've never done anything unclean like that and uh he said well okay because you asked me um i'll give you a reprieve from it but you you still have to cook it over cow dung and like that's so crazy that um and so by doing this he's god is forcing ezekiel to literally be unclean right uh what what like the the whole thing about the jewish culture was or or the the religion was actively becoming clean and god forced them to be clean and so tell me what you think about this um you know whether it's uh whether we perceive it as our own flesh or something that the devil's doing or something that God's doing, it seems to me that we would do well in all those circumstances to figure out what it is that God wants from us. Um, like, I, I, I think that if we defaulted to wondering, okay, and I'm going to say this carefully, maybe, maybe God does all of it, you know, and he's just a, 
you know, a lot of times we say he allows the thing, but, you know, like that's literally his will that these bad, all the bad things on earth um, happen for a reason. And so I think we would do well to consider him in all the things. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, it, I guess you're right that it doesn't, it doesn't do us any good to wonder, um, from what source this is coming from, we can control what we can control and that's obedience to, to the Lord. I agree. And that's a hard teaching. Maybe one day you'll give us that, Ben. I just did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Ray, let's go to uh, one more over. So Romans chapter, continuing along this theme, Romans chapter 9, verses 14 through 16 says, what should we say then? Is there injustice with God? Absolutely not. For he tells Moses, I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it doesn't it does not depend on human will or effort, but on God who shows mercy. Uh, this is also a tough teaching, I think. I think it is. Uh, because uh this is asking that question, like. Does God really do that? So is there injustice with God? This is literally what Paul is asking. Is he doing wrong by doing this? And he is not being wrong by doing this. He says himself that he will show mercy to whom he will show mercy. So there are some people who are going to be shown mercy for nothing that they have done, but just because he chose to do it. And there are going to be some who will not. And that's that's on the Lord himself. Alberto had great teachings on this. Uh, this is this is this is hard. It's really hard to accept. But the more you start to accept it, uh, I feel the better we off. Uh, Fabian has a question here. Uh, it says, does God set someone up who's being obedient to him? I don't know necessarily as far as setting him up in the way that we would look at setting him up, but testing. Absolutely. Even within that obedience, uh, they're tested. Uh, even uh, Jesus, when he was uh, 40 days and 40 nights without food, uh, he was tested. It says he was he was sent out into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. To be uh, so, so the devil went out there to go and test him. This is exactly what was. Uh, uh, this was this was. This is Jesus. I mean, like the perfect one, and yet this happened to him. And so, uh, so yes, I do believe that, that that the Lord does that, and it's His right. What you got, Ben? On that same question, you know, I think about we just passed Christmas, and um, you know, the, the birth of Jesus, and all the things that happened, where the the king literally wanted to kill this baby, and God can do anything. Like all these scriptures that we just said, you know, His thoughts are not our thoughts; His ways are not our ways. Um, you know, that's that's his one uh, and only son begotten from him. And instead of just killing, going and killing the king, which he could have done very, very easily, what he decided to do is make them flee into a whole different land, you know. And so you, you would think like, well, even his son, he would protect in this way in this very simple matter. It, it is it is very simple for God to strike the king dead in that situation. But instead, he went this other route, making this 
brand new baby and their family essentially escape to a whole different land, you know? Amen. I love that. I love that example. Yeah, some good questions and comments on this. I love this. Anybody else got anything on this? All right, let's wrap this up. Next one, Mary Berry. So Isaiah chapter 45, verse 11 says, Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and its maker, how dare you question me about my sons or instruct me in the work of my hands? This is how he feels about it. Whenever we question him about why he does these things, why does he prefer one over the other? Why does he do these things? Why is he doing this to this person? Why did he do that to Job? That, that was harsh. Why did he do this? This is how he feels about it. He he's, he 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 says, "How dare we even question him? How he how he, what he, how he does with his children? Questions or comments on this? What you got, Ben? And I'll say, you know, and yet we see through Scripture that all these people they don't question him in the way that the world questions him necessarily. But I was thinking about Abraham whenever uh and y'all did this a while back i guess because y'all been going through genesis all this time uh when god comes to abraham and he tells him about what's about to happen in Sodom and gomorrah and abraham starts seeing you know, not questioning but pleading with him like hey what if we find so many righteous people and so many and so many and so many and um and at you if you go back and look at it every other time he's like please forgive your servant like please please be patient with me i'm about to ask another question and like uh I, I think that we would we would do good um in that regard it's like just i have questions about this please be patient with me you know please don't strike me down um about questioning amen i, I you know honestly when when he said that he started off kind of bold with it because i feel because he said, will not the judge of all the earth do right? <laughs> and, so I, I, and, and so I felt like, man, that was a bold, uh, uh, the way he questioned him the very first time, you know? And uh, and then afterwards he was like, pardon me, you know, I'm just dusting the ashes. He kept saying this over and over at this point. But uh, so I would say, yes, Abraham uh, questioned it and got away with it. I, I, I wouldn't counsel anybody to do it the way don't start off the way he did <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong he he survived and he's fine but it just i just felt like it was kind of it was kind of it was it's kind of bold but yeah great great comments you got probably, oh i'm sorry it was probably just his he'd already made the promise with abraham at that point you know so the fact that abraham walked away from that interaction alive was probably only due to his promise that was made you know agreed heavily <laughs> what you got veronica i i like how he said how he pointed that out about him asking with that like uh, <laughs> kind of like excuse my asking but is there anywhere in scripture that i can't think of anywhere that when they question him that um something bad happens to them i know it it upsets him and he he says it but is there an example when someone questioned him and something happened to them? 
uh, I, you know, now that you say that, I can't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head when something bad happened. You, you know something? Ben, go ahead. What you got? Yes, it did. I, I brought it up uh, a month or so ago to somebody. I was studying scripture and um, he asked, somebody asked a question, but I can't remember who it was. Uh, but if I find it, I'll put it on the group for everybody. Thank you.